0: mighty name. Hallelujah. How I many know oh, that God is good? Yeah. Hallelujah. Your manifested glory. <laughs> Your manifested glory. Glory. God is faithful. He is faithful to us even though we're not faithful to him. He will still use us in spite of you, in spite of me, because he is that kind of God. A God full of mercy, ready to bless. He's looking for a reason to bless you. Even in your sadness, God is looking for a reason to bless you. Even in your chains, even in your dark places. He's looking for a reason to bless you. Because he said in his word, with loving kindness have I drawn them. I've drawn them because I will show them love in spite. Hallelujah. How many know that God is a good God? Amen. Come on, somebody just give him one more mighty hand of praise. Hallelujah. 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 God is a good God. Hallelujah. Amen. God is doing just great things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Excuse me if you see me go on like that. Hallelujah. That's what they call the quickening power. It makes you alive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, back, in, back in my day when we were coming up, they, the old saints, they would have that quickening power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I remember that story of uh, an older sister. She was in there and somebody was just cutting up to the devil. They were just cutting up. And, and she sat in her seat and she started shaking. And then she said, peace be still amen the whole church shut down hallelujah that devil shut up hallelujah amen we need some power that moves things I'm talking about Holy Ghost power well this this little stuff that they got today they don't mean nothing you gotta have power to move nations and power to move cities and power to move your family hallelujah you gotta have some Holy Ghost power I'm talking about sure enough Holy Ghost power amen amen And so we need to live in this dimension of the kingdom. See, you cannot come into the kingdom of God and expect to have no power. That's just not acceptable. Somebody hear what I'm saying? That's not acceptable to come into the kingdom of God. Come into the the place of God's kingdom and have no power. That's just not acceptable. You got to have some power. You got to have some demonstration of the God that you serve. Amen? Without the demonstration, how will they know that God exists? You can talk about Buddha. You can talk about Hindus. You can talk about the monkey God. You can talk about all those. But they don't have no power. But He is the only one that when you get into His kingdom there's a power that can be felt, can be experienced, can be manifested. Amen? Amen. Amen. And I don't know if you heard about the latest surveys on um, persecution, but the Christian church have put up as number one. It is the number one, what they call religion. Well, I don't call it religion. They call it religion. I call it relationship. But the number one, they say the number one um, um, religion of the world that is being persecuted all over the world. Number one. It didn't used to be number one, but now it is number one. So what does that tell you? That tells you that it's coming a day, if the Lord should allow, it's coming a day where you're going to have to make a decision of whose side you're actually going to be on. Either you're going to be on the Lord's side or you're going to change sides. Because you're going to have to be be able to give an answer of those that ask you why you believe. And you're going to have to give an account for that. And we're coming to that time and we're coming to that season. Amen. 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 I'm not going to talk all about that. But one of the things that the Lord pressed back on my heart was and I and um, I'm, not, I'm and I'm, a, I'm I, only thing I can say is that whatever the Lord tells me to do, that's what I, I have to do. All right. And so I'm going to talk to you adi- again today about uh, generational curses. And I think people don't understand it. Because there are certain things that are going on in our lives And we need to be able to identify them. And then we need to be able to get rid of them. Amen. And so we need to understand them. We need to dive into it. We talked about we've been talking about the courts of heaven. And um, in June, we're going to be changing our Tuesday prayer to courts of heaven prayer. And um, so uh, um, when we start talking about the courts of heaven, what we need to understand also is that There's an approach to God to deal with the situations that go on in our lives so that those things can drop out of our lives so that we can move on according to the purpose and will of God in our lives. And so when things come up to hinder us, to try to stop us, we're going to need to know how to battle. Now, I want to just say this. We are living in a day and time that we are in really a fierce battle. Okay, We're in a very fierce battle. Most people don't know it. And because of the fact that they've been blinded, I was gonna, I, as I said earlier, I was going to talk about the eyes of God, the eyes of God. And what I'm going um, and I'm not going to talk about that in detail. Um, what I do wanted to say to you is, is that when you go into the courts of heaven, you also have to deal with the eyes of God. And when you deal with the eyes of God, you're going to have to become the center focus of his attention. And the reason why we need to do that is that we are engaged in a battle of the enemies trying to destroy us. Amen? And he wants to do that, and he wants to do that by, de- um, by defaulting you in front of the world so that your witness can be non-void. Okay? We're witness for Christ. Amen? Amen. So if he could take a saint of God that is on fire and just full of God, and literally take you from that fiery place to a place of ashes, no fire, then what he has done is that he has taken your witness away. Okay? And that's what has happened in the church. The fire of God that has been in the church at one time has actually left the church, and what God is doing, and how many know that? When he went to, um, um, I think it was e, um, Ezekiel, um, he says, What do you see? And he see, saw a valley of dry bones. And when he says, I see a valley of dry bones, what he says to him is that, Why don't you speak to those bones? But before he says that, he says, Will these bones live? And he says, You know, Lord. You know. You know if they will live or not. Then he tells him, Instruct him to speak to the dry bones. And when he speaks to the dry bones, then you see God putting back together that which was not. And so what we need to understand is that God is speaking to our dry bones. And he wants to reassemble you so that you could be that fire, that torch that the world can see. The light that cannot be hid, but sit on the hill declaring that he is Lord of all. And he's not going to leave you alone this time. He's going to put a fire in you that cannot be extinguished. And that fire is going to rumble in your soul and rumble in your soul and rumble in your soul. And you're going to say, where is the next soul? So I can love on them. And it's not going to matter about if they're homosexual. It's not going to matter about if they're murderers. It's not going to matter about all the stuff that we church people identify. God is about saving the soul, and God has uh, sent his son to die a great price that they can live. Are you listening? Amen. So, I'm going to talk about these things, and you need to write these things down. If you don't have paper and pen or whatever, maybe you need to borrow it because I'm going to say these things, and... um, And to me, these are very important things, and you need to study them. You need to study after me. You don't need to be going by everything I say. You need to study them. Study them. Study to show thyself approved unto what? God, right? A workman rightly dividing, right? Putting everything in its proper place so that you can have understanding. Okay? Faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by what? And one interpretation is faith comes by understanding The word, understanding that which was spoken. If I understand it, then I can receive it. Amen. The enemy tries to keep you from receiving and keep you from understanding, because once you understand, then you will see. All right. Now, notice something that Jesus did very particular, and this is a good example of it: is that He said to the scribes and Pharisees that I talk to them so that they won't understand, so they won't see. So they won't understand. So he talked to them in parables and talked to them so that they would not understand. Because if they understand, one of the aspects of the word is that if I understand, I'll get it and I'll walk in it. So he kept them blind because of the conditions of their heart. So you don't want to be blind because of the conditions of your heart. You want to be able to receive. Amen? All right. So... Uh, some of you might have some of this information, but I've got some new stuff for you um, And um, Proverbs. Chapter 26. Verse number two, this is a key scripture here. And it says, as the bird by wandering, as the swallow by flying, so the curse causeless shall not come. In other words, a curse, and I said it before, a curse comes. And it looks for a where to land at, so that it can build a place to live. And as it builds a place to live, it will keep building and keep expanding because then what it will do, it will come, it will continue to grow and continue to grow. So the generation of man. As it finds a place to land and a cause for it to land, it will actually begin to grow in your life and then you will pass it from one generation to another. Okay, St. John 10. 10. The enemy comes to do what? Steal, kill, and do what? But Jesus says, I came that you might have what? Life and have it what? More abundantly. How many want the abundant life? Now, right now, if you understand what just happened in the atmosphere, that you're living in an abundant life right now. Abundant life cannot be identified with money. It cannot be identified with things, okay? Let me just sh- tell you that the things is an attribute of the abundance. Are right, you listening to what I'm saying? The, the abundance of what God wants you to have is, first of all, knowledge of Him. Amen? So if I receive knowledge of Him, Then I can walk in the abundance because everything about abundance comes as a result of wisdom. Of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. Okay. How come there's people today that seek the face of God? Okay. And when they seek the face of God, God gives them abundance. And then you see the attributes of the abundance. And then you want to say that they're not in God. When people humble themselves, the Bible says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and in due time he will do what? Exalt you. How many believe that? How come, you see, we, we, we do two different double negatives. How come when somebody submit themselves to God, serve God, serve everything there is about the kingdom of God, and then when God exalt them, we make statements like, I don't think that they should be that way or in that position. We take away what God has done instead of agreeing with God has done so that God can be manifested in more in the lives of people. Amen. All right. All right. So. I want you to um, really hear on on, on some of these these things. I want to um, go to Joshua chapter number six. Now. This is going to show you how a curse actually comes. How curse actually is in, uh, actually activated, comes alive, it begins to grow, and then show you how the curse is removed because you've got to remove it. A lot of times people today, we like to live in our own bubble, but you can't live in your own bubble because you came from somebody else's bubble. So you are part of that bubble. You are part of the generation of the human family. And the Bible says that we all were born and conceived in what? Sin, right? All have sinned and come short of the what? The glory of God. But what we need to understand is that through Christ Jesus, he has redeemed us from the hand of the enemy. Okay? He has given us privileges in Christ Jesus through the blood of Jesus and through the New Testament covenant that was instituted because of his death. Okay, and I'm just going to go over the three sh- short definitions, short definitions of sin, transgression, and iniquity, and we're going to focus on iniquity. Okay, sin means that I have um, violated the law, or I have literally um, uh, missed the mark. Okay, you can do it intentionally, unintentionally. It really doesn't matter. The end of it is sin. Okay, Jesus died for our sins. So that's been eliminated. Amen. The second thing is transgressions. It means to continuously cross over. When you continuously cross over, what you are actually doing is you're saying that I'm not going to regard the things of, the, of God's word and I'm going to do what I want to do. OK, now remember, transgressions can involve both sins of omission and sins of commission. OK. So when God asks you to pray and asks you to do something and you keep crossing the line by not praying, then what you have done is that you have actually sinned against God through the transgression of omission. If God calls you into a place of service, he got a calling on your life, and I'm just going to be really bold in, in your face. <laughs> if, if, if God got a calling on your life and you refuse the call, or the process of the call, then what you have done is that you have put yourself in a place of consistently transgressing against what God's purpose is in your life. And we're all going to have to give an account for it. People don't think about account, uh, giving account for anything nowadays because of the fact that it's not in your face. When it gets in your face, it's like when you get arrested and you go going before the judge, then it's in your face. Then we want to repent. But now what we need to do is that we need to change our ways and say, Lord, what is it that you would have me to do and get rid of all that transgression, all the results of our sins so we can follow God. OK. Amen. There's provisions. There's things that you could you, there's God's the New Testament covenant things. So I'm not going to go over all that. But many of you know, repentance is the key that unlocks the door to your purpose. Amen. To your to your purpose, to your destiny and to the power of God in your life. OK. If people don't repent, then there's no salvation and there's no benefits that's available to you other than what God has placed in the regular people's hands as based on the world. Okay, because God says I will bless the just and the one. So God gives blessing out um, to the just and the unjust. So, So you need to know that. Okay, so in Joshua chapter six. Joshua goes into the city, and when he goes into the city, something really interesting happens. It's not in the Bible, but history bears witness to it. They march around the city, okay, because Jericho is the first city they had to conquer. Okay, Joshua was so in, uh, uh, was so gun ho he was going to try to swipe, um, knock the angel out, but God tried to tell him no. Uh, through the angel, no, I'm I'm here to help you. But if you if you are not on the Lord's side, then there's a problem. Okay, because the angel was there to give him an instruction on how to conquer Jericho. Jericho had to be conquered this way. And listen real careful. Jericho had to be conquered this way because of what Jericho did. God told you. Um, um, Uh, Joshua to march around the city Jericho seven times. And on the seventh time, they were supposed to do what? Shout. When they shouted, what happened? The walls came down. Everybody got it? Okay. If you study. Jericho, Jericho was a wicked, infested city that blood cried out. Somebody said, what do you mean? Jericho actually was a haven for sacrificial babies that they actually sacrificed and put into the walls of the city. So, When you study the history of Jericho, babies that were born to that city literally were sacrificed. And after the sacrifice, they were put into the walls to hold the walls up. So the blood of the sacrifice went up before God. The cry of newborns went up before God, and God had to deal with it. And so when you read the history of it and you understand that, you understand why Jericho, the walls had to come down as a sign of freedom for those that were bound up by witchcraft and, uh, and all kinds of sacrificial stuff. So the walls had to be busted open and conquered because of the witchcraft and the sacrifice to the God to the gods of the, um, those that live in Jericho. and he' couldn't, he couldn't save any of them. They all had to go. The only one who was saved was the one the spy, the, this, the, the, the woman that kept the spies that came in, Rahab. she was the only one saved because of her faith. So when we look at that then we understand why, the city had to be rectified. Uh, in other words, justice prevailed because the courts of heaven pronounced judgment upon Jericho. Okay? When judgment came, the bones of the babies that was found in the fallen walls because of the Canaanites built walls in that city to the, the children that was sacrificed into the wall. Now, most people don't really realize a lot of stuff when you watch TV. Many people think that the television programs that actually are made up comes from somebody's mind. But there's nothing new under the sun. It come, they, these stories or these monster movies or whatever actually comes from the Bible. But it has been diluted to make it So that is entertaining and not devastating. Are you listening to what I'm saying? This is real, this is necessary for you to understand. So, in other words, this curse was flying around and it found a place in Jericho. Now, I'm going to tell you why it found a place in Jericho. But God sent justice to Jericho. So that Jericho could be destroyed because of what they did to the babies. Okay. Do not think for one second that God doesn't hear the cries of those that have been aborted. And our nation is going to be judged by those things. Now, I believe that every woman have their rights and all that kind of stuff. I'm not even talking about that, but I'm just talking about the cry of the aborted ones. Amen. Somebody ought to say amen. And if you don't agree with it, it's, it's OK. OK. All right. So. So in Joshua, chapter six. Joshua saw when the walls was busted up. Joshua saw what was in the walls. Joshua, chapter six. Starting with verse number. Two. Um, I'm going to read down. Um, I'm going to let's go down to verse number twenty-six. That's where it starts at. The wall comes down, and um, verse number twenty-six. Josh, uh, Joshua gets mad, and what he says, and I adjure them at this time, saying. Cursed be the man before the Lord that raised up and built this city, Jericho. Joshua actually pronounces a curse on Jericho. Okay? And the curse was instituted because of what he experienced when the city was broken up. And shall lay the foundation thereof in his firstborn, in his youngest son he set, the gate of it, okay? So let me read it in a, um, another version so you can um, hear what it's being said, okay? Joshua swore, oh, at the time, this is the message Bible, cursed be before man, b- curse before God is the man who set out to rebuild this city, Jericho. His pay for the foundation, of, he'll, he sh- He'll pay for the foundation with his firstborn son. He shall pay with the gates of his youngest son. In other words, whoever decides to build Jericho again, the same fate that you gave, that gave to those that were in the walls are going to be the same fate that's going to be bestow upon your son, your firstborn and your youngest son. That's what he says. In other words, Joshua pronounced a curse and says to those that are in the city, if any man rebuilt this city, a curse is going to be upon them. And the, why, how we're going to know that is, is that their firstborn and their youngest son shall die. Anybody got it? Okay. So, so, so just, just listen to me. Anybody, I know the minds are wondering. I can see it. And so a curse is pronounced on the city. And now... Inside of the courts of the realm of heaven, God has to honor what has been said. Why does he have to honor? it? Because Jericho is in the authoritative place in the heavenly realm. Every person that, is in, that God chooses, this means you too, have an authority in heaven. Somebody said, well, how do I have authority in heaven? The Bible says that we sit and heavenly places in what? and Christ Jesus. If you look up the original meaning, what it says is that we sit in the place of authority. So if you understand who you are in Christ, understand your position in Christ, you have authority. You have authority. Somebody said, I've got authority. I have authority. And so if you have authority in Christ, why? Because we sit together with him. Listen to what I'm saying. We sit together with him. That means that we sit in the same authority as he does when it comes down to the earthly. Okay? And so we are joint heirs with him. We sit in the same authority as he and he's our elder brother. Right now the Bible talks about he has a different ministry than ours because he passed the ministry to his little brother or his, his, his church, which is us. We have the ministry of Jesus Christ, which is what—preaching, teaching, and deliverance, or manifestation of, of power for deliverance. Anybody got that? All right. So, so go to Second Kings and First Kings, chapter sixteen. First Kings, chapter number sixteen. So we know this curse is implemented, and Joshua literally says that whoever tries to re- rebuild this city, their firstborn is going to die. Anybody got it? Okay. First Kings chapter 16. I'm talking about curses now because what we have to do is we've got to look in our past through the whole eyes of the Holy Spirit. This is part of the eyes of God. The eyes of God has actually, he has seven eyes which is identified in, in Zechariah. He has seven eyes, which is the seven eyes is representative of the seven spirits of God, and they all see. They stand around the throne, and they all see. Matter of fact, just to give you another, God sits on a throne that is alive and is moving. And the throne that he sits on, the, the, the Bible tells us when you look at the interpretation, it sits on the throne with many eyes which means that he's all seeing and that he judged, the, he judged out of righteousness. Amen? We got to grow up, y'all. We got to stop staying. The baby stuff is gone. We got to grow up and drink and eat some meat. And I know that, 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 that sometimes with some of the things that I'm saying might be kind of hard, but you need to study them and you need to get it inside of you because the more you get the knowledge of God, the more you're walking the power of God. If you understand the knowledge of God, you'll walk in the power of God. All right? And so God judges out of his throne, out of righteousness and out of holiness. Amen? And that's why when we come before him, you you can't come before, before him without being holy and righteous. This is why we put on the righteousness of Christ. That's why the blood covers us, so that we can come boldly into the throne room and ask for help, ask for what we need, because we're covered under the blood. Take the blood off, take the covenant off, and you're dead. Because God is just that holy. One of the things about the eyes of God is that they're pure and piercing. People say, I want to see Jesus, and I want maybe you really don't. Because if you really see him, the piercing of his holiness, the piercing of his righteousness is too much for any human being to see. This is one of the things that by the Bible talks about that there's no man approach unto the light can approach unto the light that he dwells in because his light is too pure, is too holy, is too righteous. And people just don't see it. All right. So. All right. Verse number uh, 16, verse 20, 1 uh, um, Kings 16, verse number 34. Let me turn it back to the King James Version, and then we can, 34. In the days did Hel, the Bethanite built Jericho. So this man begins to build Jericho. He lays the foundation thereof in Aaron his firstborn, and thereof, and Aaron, his firstborn. Okay, he lays the foundation thereof, and Aaron, his firstborn, and set the gate thereof, in his younger son, Shegeba, according to the word of the Lord, which is spoken by Joshua, the son of Nun, which actually means his firstborn died, and his, fir- his younger son died. You see that? He begins to build again Jericho, and when he begins to build it, his sons die. Okay? And we find that everything that happened, the history of it is that everything about the water, everything about the land was a dead place. Because of what Joshua said. So a curse came up on him. Up on him. Everybody understand that? Everybody got it? Now, Turn to Second Kings, chapter number two. Somebody else say Amen. Isn't got good. (laughs) Second Kings, chapter number two. Starting with verse number 19, okay? Here's Elijah, okay? Finally, verse 18, it says, And finally they returned to Elijah in Jericho, and he told them, So there didn't I say you? One day the men of the city says, Elijah, can you see for yourself, master, how well our city is located, but the water is polluted and nothing grows? Why nothing grows? Because the curse... Why the water is bitter? Because it's what? It's cursed, right? Who cursed it? Joshua. And so, the curse of the of what Joshua did passed from one generation to the next generation to the next generation to the next generation because of what Jericho did and because of what the position that Joshua was in, it actually was pronounced on them. Got it? Now. Notice what happens. Here is Elijah. The authority of where the curse was placed at has gone on now. Jericho is no, uh, Joshua is no longer alive. So the authority of that curse of why it's there, which was given by God because of the authority that Joshua was sitting in, is no longer present. That's key. Because the authority that's in your past that brought about the things that are going in your life is no longer present. You got it? Everybody got it? See, let the Holy Spirit ministers to you, minister to you, okay? Because if that person is no longer there that actually brought it about, then who is going to stop it? Here's the indications of it continuously going on and on and on, and on again, because things keep happening in your dr- and it keep happening from one generation to the next generation to the next generation, the next, and you see the line, you see the string consistently coming about in your family, in your children, amen, because you saw it before, and then now you see it with your children. And I have to say something right here, this, and I'm not going to apologize for what I'm saying, because I'm of the same generation. But I have to say this. That we, we, we have to break the generational curse of what we said about church to our children. We open the door for them to be disengaged. Because of what we spoke out of our mouth. We have to repent. Anybody saying too much? But it's still true. Okay, so now notice what he says. Verse number 19. One day the men of the city says to Elijah, can you see for yourself, imagine how well our city is located, but the water's polluted and nothing grows. I mean, there are things. It, uh, some of you got some wonderful and great ideals, but it seemed like nothing goes, comes to pass. It's something like things, you you, you got the ideal, it's wonderful, everybody agree with it, but when you put your hand out to do it, it falls dead. Got to examine why. Because the Bible talks about whatever we put our hands to do is blessed. Right? Is it right? We should be blessed. And if we blessed, that means that we should be able to, when we put our hands out to get stuff done, it should happen. But it falls dead. So why is it falling dead? The reason why it's falling dead is because we got to look around in our background, we got to look around our lives, and we've got to find out where the curse is hiding at and where the curse is growing at. Okay. Now what he guess what he says? But the water's polluted and nothing grows. And he says, Bring me a brand new bowl and put some salt in it. And they brought it to him. And you know what salt does? It purifies. You put some meat inside of, your, uh, inside of a bowl, some raw meat in the bowl, and you put some salt in it. After a while, all the impurities of the what? The meat comes up and is in the salt now. That's why Jesus tells us that we have to be the salt of the earth. Why? Because all the impurities, when we come into play, is sucked up by the power of the Holy Ghost. Are you understand what I'm saying? That's why you cannot negate who you are in Christ because whenever you come into a place, you ought to destroy what the enemy is trying to do. Okay? Yeah, Alright. They brought it into him and then and then went to the spring, 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 spring put salt put sprinkle the salt on it and pronounce knows what he did he pronounced god's word i have healed this water it is no longer it will no longer kill you or poison you this is the uh, the message bible and sure enough the water was healed and remains to this day just as elijah said so elijah through the action of the word of god spoke to it, had an action that go with it, and then you find the curse is removed. When the curse is removed, it says it remained to this day. And so what we need to understand is that when we lift the curse off our lives and in our generation, then it will remain. But you got to understand the key in order to get rid of it. You first got to identify it. Somebody said, I got to identify it. You've got to identify it in these different ways. You're going to identify it in just a couple of ways. You're going to identify it, first of all, by understanding um, where is the source of it. And if you don't know the source of it, then you've got to go into the level of anointing or the seat of authority that you sit in. Then, depending on what type of curse it is, you're going to have to declare breakthrough. And breakthrough can be declared by releasing the angelic host to break the curse off of your life. Okay? Or you have to have somebody that sits in the apostolic or prophetic mantle or that sits in the seat of the prophetic or the apostolic mantle in order to break it. All right? Because if they don't sit in the seat, depending on what it is, if it's based on an ep- apostolic demonic assignment, then you need somebody that sits in a higher authority, which is an ap- apostolic authority to break the curse. Somebody ought to say amen. All right. So how does it come? Here's the things that you need to look for. And I'm going to be finished in just a few seconds. You need to look for sins that have been intentionally or have been commissioned to be committed. And what it means by commission is some people will deceive someone to do something they didn't want to do. Okay? Psalms um, 32. Okay? Notice what it says, and it says, and this is Psalms 32. One, Blessed is the man that, that whose sin is the Lord does not count against him, and whose spirit is not deceited. Okay? Which is not, it's not, it's not full of anger and bitterness. There are some people today that got some bitterness from their their generation that's been passed on. They don't even recognize it. They hide behind the curtain. I know everybody don't like this. That's okay. But if I can get you free, if the Lord can get us free, get me free, get you free, we're going to be better off. Then we can do, do, do. We can shout it out. Because when we shout, we know the angelic realm is going to go and do it because we need breakthrough, because stuff's not working. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Stuff's not working for you. How many stuff is wings working for you? If everything's working in your life the way it's supposed to be, then guess what? You're good. But everything's not working in my life like it's supposed to be. That means I need to search and find out why, because I'm a child of God, and I can't let anything stop me from who I am in Him. And if I let things stop me, then that means that there's something stronger than who I am in Christ, and we got to stop it. You got to stop it people you got to stop what's going on and you got to look at and you got to sometimes you got to sit back and you got to let the Holy Ghost pr- or you got to pray through the Holy Spirit so he can show you people don't want to pray people don't want to sit and hear the word But they want to be moving and signs and wonders and miracles and they want and when they get themselves in trouble they want god to send the angelic ram down and fight on their behalf and they have no kind of responsibility at all i wish it was like that but it's not god joins up with us in our salvation because he tells us work out your own salvation so what god provides us is that he provides us things that will never wear out he provides us his word You understand what I'm saying? His word, right? The foundation of his word is the foundation of everything else. His word. So you read the word and you'll get the manifestation from his word. Okay? Faith comes by hearing. So if I believe his word, then I can walk in that word. And the word works. How many know the word works? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? By the word of God, right? Because I'm in the kingdom of God. That means that the kingdom is surrounding me and the vast power of that kingdom is at my disposal when I need it. So that means that you and I need to understand who we are in him and the vast power of the kingdom. And if we don't understand the power of the kingdom, we're never going to be able to walk in the things that God has told us to walk in. And the enemy is going to keep attacking you, attacking you, attacking you, attacking you. And you're going to die unfulfilled. I'm just just being in your face and being real... uh, People just don't get it. We have to understand who we are in Christ. If you're born again, then you are a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away. Stop using your authority to resurrect the past. And start using your authority to speak to your future and walk in your future. Because if you begin, if you use your power to walk in your past, then in past you'll be. Life and death is in the power of the one. So stop using your power and your authority to resurrect yesterday. It's gone forever. Let it lie. Let it die. Let it go. Okay? Stop using your mouth to walk in your yesterday. Okay? So you have to identify that. You got to identify the blood the, the 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 areas of your life that you need to check the sins, the transgression which means a, you have to repent of the lifestyle of transgression. And the thing that we have to look at is the iniquities in our bloodline. We have to look at our, our fathers, our mothers, our, our brothers, our sisters, our cousins, our nephews. We have to look at the pattern of our children in order to identify what that string is and then ask God who opened it and that you're taking the authority and your family to break it. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Your words cannot agree with what the enemy is saying. Your words have to agree with what God is saying. You have to understand that you are a blood-bought child, right? And that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. You have to use your words of authority to break the pattern. Amen? Now, here's something else that you need to do. Words that have been spoken over you by spiritual authority or spoke evil about you from pastors, apostles, prophets, and churches. You didn't hear that. Words that have been spoken over you that does not agree with God, but because of the anger of the man or the woman, they spoke over you words like pastors, prophets, apostles. They stand in authority, and when they spoke words over you, God had to honor that because of what they said. So now what you have to do is that you have to repent. Somebody said, well, I didn't do anything. You repent on behalf of your retaliation against that. Now, how do you do that? See, this is what happens. Somebody says something bad to you in church. This is where church hurt come from. And really the whole dynamic of, of being in God, it says, in him there is no offense. So I don't get offended. Everybody's real quiet on that one. Jesus wasn't offended because they spit on him and all that. He wasn't offended by that. He understood the purpose and he understood why they were doing that. They didn't know what they were doing. He said on the cross why they, they beat him, they smatter, they spit on him. He still had spit running off his, his, his face from those that spitting on him. And he, and he held a, enough life inside of him, even in all the rejection, to say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Now, why is this important? Because what you give out of your mouth comes back to you. So when when somebody says something against you bad, then don't receive that. Because what's going to happen is that it'll bounce back and come back on them. That's why the Bible says, bless them that do what? Curse you. Do good to them that despitefully what? Because it's going to bounce when you say it to them and when you say good things to them that you're blessed and God's going to bless you and God's going to love you. That's going to bounce off of them and it's going to come back on you. Anybody get that? So that's why out of your mind when people do say bad things and stuff like that, say you're blessed. Because guess what? You're getting ready to receive it. (laughs) You're getting ready to receive your blessing. I know that's kind of hard to comprehend, but that's just the ways of the kingdom. That's how the kingdom operates. It operates through love. Love covers a multitude of what? Sins. you got to learn how to cover people instead of exposing people. And we want to expose everybody. And what the enemy is doing is exposing people. You know, we got pastors and stuff like that that's doing certain things. And, 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 and I'm just going to say this. When, um, when um, Bishop Eddie Long died, the amount of criticism um, about dying and him going to hell for eternity and burning. Up. I don't know what he did. You don't know either and nobody else knows. So what we need to do is that he's gone now. Keep your mouth shut. You're not the judge. I'm not the judge. Nobody else is the judge of him. And the people that have said those things about him, if they don't repent, it's going to come back on them. Because you cannot come against something, first of all, you don't know about. And even if you did know about it, you should have covered him. We don't do, we don't do that kind of stuff. We, we, we want to be like Jesus, but we don't do Jesus things. We don't want to bless people. We want to we we make sure that we get them. Let God get them. And some, some, some wives are praying against their husbands. Lord, get them, get them, get them, get him. And some husbands are praying against their wives. Get her, make her act right, stuff like that let them be. Just pray to the Father and say, Lord, bless my husband. Bless my wife. Bless them. Lord, just uh, g- give them revelation. Give them knowledge. Stop talking bad about them. Your friends, your sisters, your brothers, your, 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 your the, 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 the relationships you have with your cousins and all that kind of stuff. Stop the words from coming out of your mouth because when you bring it to them, guess what? It's going to come right back on you. It's quiet. But it's okay. The good news is that you can break it. Okay? And let me just tell you how you break it. First of all, you have to identify it, and you got to come into agreement that is part of who you are before Christ. You didn't know it. For in sin and iniquity I was conceived. Psalms thirty fifty. David talks about how he sinned when he was with the wife of Uriah. Uh, he admitted that he was born and shaped in iniquity and sin. He admitted it. People need to admit that this is a string in your bloodline. People don't want to admit it. They think this is a, that this is who you are. You know, it's, it's a culture thing. You know, I'm, I'm just I'm just as who I am. No, it's not who you are. God made you like Him. You are made in His image and His likeness. Okay? So we need to identify that. Identify the sin. Identify the iniquity. Identify, if you don't know what door was opened, then you take authority in that doorway and say, you know what, I don't know what happened, Lord, unless you show it to me. But well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to come against whatever that is in the name of Jesus. And you need to come to Him not as you. You need to come to Him under the blood of the covenant of Jesus Christ. Amen? Got it? Then you need to cancel the action out. You need to identify. You need to cancel the action out. You need to say, this is what's in my bloodline. I'm going to cancel it out in the name of Jesus because I sit in authority. I sit in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I'm no longer going to let it take effect on me. Now, here's the thing. You have to act upon what you say. You cannot just say it and walk away from it. You've got to act on what you say. So if there's a generational thing that's in your family, you've got to be conscious of the fact that God is going to give you strength to act the reverse of what has been going on in your life. So you, let's just say that you're a, 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 if you're a person that you are... Um, um, I'll do something simple. Okay, If you're a nagger... Stop nagging. If you get angry, count to ten and calm it down. Do something different that will cause the Word of God to come alive in your heart so you can break the curse. Then, and and Miguel said it so wonderfully, then what you got to do, and, and, and Bible study, He says, then what you've got to do is teach your children the opposite of what they saw. Teach your children the opposite of what you saw. Then you seal it with the blood of Jesus. You seal it with pronouncing the things that God told you who you are in him by the word. And then you walk in that dimension. Then God will send power inside of your being to overcome it. And then that curse will die in your life. And the child that comes from that will no longer be affected by that. Those of you that are, are fathers, you need to take your children and lay hands on them and say, I break this curse in the name of Jesus. Somebody needs to take authority. And those that don't have fathers, uh, uh, the fatherless, you need to bring them to, uh, um, you need to put your hands on them and lay hands on them and declare that that curse is broken over their life. Okay? Everybody understand what I'm saying? You need to take your authority and take this serious. Otherwise, the same generation is going to grow up over and over again, and they'll keep repeating the same thing over and over and over again, and then you'll wonder why. And then at the end of your life, you'll have regrets. Because you'll never be able to walk in the things that you, God told you to walk in because you never addressed the issue. And the enemy had the right to stop you because you never stopped. Amen? Y'all are so quiet. Y'all were shouting at the beginning of service. God desires to make everyone in here whole and complete those that will hear. Hear the word, do the word, research the word, walk in the word, demonstrate the word, have power through the word. You will overcome. Every battle that you yet you have is not a battle of demons and humans. You need to take it into the courts. And then, when the courts render an order, then you come down and you start fighting against the demons. And what you'll tell them is to get out and they'll run because they have no legal right there. Jesus says, When the prince of this world cometh, he finds nothing in me. There's no dark areas. Minister preached. I never forget the message she preached. The dark areas of your life, that's where the enemy lives in. That's where he rules in. Kick him out. Get rid of him. And and, and let me just say this. It doesn't come overnight. It is through revelation knowledge. When God gives you revelation knowledge, then you are able to walk in it. If you don't get revelation, you cannot walk in it. Revelation comes so you can walk in it. So what happens is you have revelation knowledge. Amen? Amen. Amen. We're going to stand in a minute, but I just want you to bow your heads there, and I just want you to just allow the Holy Spirit right now to just begin to minister to you. You don't have to tell anybody your business. It's not their business anyhow. And the, and the truth really be known, they in the same shape you are. So it ain't their business about what's going on in your life at all. Because God wants to bless all of us. He wants to make us whole. How many believe that He wants to make you whole? There's a lot of people that is in this place. Secret hurts from the past. Things that you don't understand. Why I keep going through this? Why do I feel the way that I feel? And the Holy Spirit wants to show you why. Why did I act just like my mother? Why do I act just like my father? Why do I act just like my great, great grandfather? Where did that personality come from that you have? It's not the personality God gave you. It's been interfered with by the enemy. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and do what? Jesus said, I came that you might have what? Life and more what? Don't you want to live? Don't you want to live? Your whole life should be seated in Christ Jesus. The kingdom of God shall surround you and be inside of you. The hope of glory. Every heart bound. And again, you, have to, you don't have to hear anything I say. You need to study. But you don't have to hear nothing. You can reject everything I say. But remember this. Whatever you do, one day we're going to have to give an account. Me, you, all of us is going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And this is not the white stone throne, judges, but this is the judgment of the believer. We're going to have to stand there and give an account what it is that you did to your wife, what you did to your husband, what you did to your brother, what you did to your sister, what you did to those that are around you, what you did to those, what pastors did to their congregation, what congregations did to their pastor, we're gonna have to get an account. What we said behind the whispering door, because the all-seeing eye of God is upon all those, he sees even in darkness, it becomes light before him, he sees it all hallelujah all right let's close our eyes father i thank you right now we come to you in the name of jesus we apply the blood to our lives father we come into the new testament covenant that you have given us yes father we admit that we're wrong we declare father that we know that we have done wrong we know lord that the errors of our lives that we have spoken bad words out of our mouth. We have spoken negative words out of our mouth. We have got angry and we shouldn't have gotten angry. The generational iniquity that has been passed down, Father, has been passed down to me. And I stand in the authority that everything that is in my past, Father, that Lord, even my parents or my grandparents or my great-grandparents or my grandparents before that or parents before that, what they did, Father, because they're no longer here. So I take the authority right now I take that authority right now, and I cancel that curse. It has no more place to live. It has no more place to land. It has no more place to make resident, because I cancel it now in the name of Jesus. I destroy its nests. I destroy its properties. I destroy the residue of it in my life. I thank you, Father, for what you have done. You have made me a brand new creature in Christ Jesus. And, Father, I will declare who I am. I will walk in who I am. I will declare, Father, that I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. Every curse has been lifted in the name of Jesus. Father, you have delivered us from the curse of the law. And now, Father, you will deliver us from the curse of our generational past. The curse of the things that have come up on our lives, Lord, that we can't seem to shake off. We ask, Father, in the name of Jesus, as we're in the courts of heaven, Lord, that that curse is canceled. The enemy has no legal right to our family line now. In the name of Jesus, I come against it. I cancel it out. I cancel what the enemy meant to destroy my witness. I cancel it out because I'm a witness for you and you alone. You are Lord. You are King. Father, I declare right now that, Lord, even down through the bloodlines, diseases and sickness and cancers, they have to leave the body because they have no legal right here. I declare it right now in the name of Jesus. Diabetes and those things that have come down from generation to generation, I cancel it now in the name of Jesus. I cancel it out in the name of Jesus. And I give honor and glory to your name and your name alone in Jesus my name. Come on, lift your hands up to him. Come on, let's stand on our feet. How many know that God is a good God? Somebody, turn around and tell somebody God is a good. Say God is good, yeah. Yeah. Say God is a good God, yeah. Say God is good. Some of you should feel better because some of you got your breakthrough earlier. Hallelujah. This helps to seal what God has already done. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. How many know that God is a good God? Hallelujah. God is good.